0: Hi there, this is Jacob Msiba, the Senior Pastor of Builders Church. I just want to thank you for taking time to listen to our podcast today, and I trust that it will bless and build your spirit. Enjoy the message, and God bless you. Oneness is our theme for the term, and thank God for it, because I strongly believe that it is for a reason. Uh, God is talking to us, working in our hearts so that we don't look at ourselves as, um, you know, different churches. We are still going to have more um, campuses and stuff like that, but to grow with the mentality and mindset of oneness. Amen. Amen. And we've been focusing this month on the the theme which is based on Ephesians 4 verse 5. One Lord, one faith, and one baptism. One Lord, one faith, and one baptism. Amen. And my feeling is that it's going to Um, actually uh, be extended even to the following month. Amen. Hallelujah. Um, Our subject for today is a lamb for a house. I was Double-minded, but my mind kept, kept on bouncing around, and other thoughts came. I wanted to rename it What's for Dina. Um, but I thought maybe it will take away from <laughs> what, you know, we want to communicate or to share this morning. But, you know, I thought, it's cool, you know, What's for Dina. Um, it will make people wonder. But I I said, you know what, let me just stop being fancy and let me just stick to the biblical, theological subject. Hallelujah. Let's go to the book of Exodus. Um, Or Exodus, or Exodus. Uh, (laughs) Whichever way you want to. Uh, pronounce it. Amen. There is no master of pronunciation. It does not matter how expensive your school fees is. I can pronounce whatever I want to pronounce, whichever way I want to pronounce it. Amen. Especially in Africa, we have the liberty of just pronouncing everywhere or anywhere, the way that we want to pronounce it. Just just leave us alone. Leave us alone. Alone. Yeah. I mean, I'll just jump around a, a couple of verses. Um, we, are, we are going to stop at, at in chapter 12 somewhere. But I'm not going to read the whole thing. I'm just going to jump around a few verses, so follow me. I'm going to start with verse number one. It says, And the Lord said to Moses, I will bring yet one more plague on Pharaoh and on Egypt. I will bring yet one more plague on who? On Pharaoh and on Egypt. On Pharaoh and on Egypt. And afterward, he will let you go from here. When he lets you go, he will surely drive you out of here altogether. Verse number four. Then Moses said, thus says the Lord. About midnight, I will go out in the midst of Egypt. In the midst of Egypt. Verse 5, and all the firstborn in the land of Egypt shall die. There will be death. I'm not sure if you read it properly. In verse 4, it says that Moses said, Thus says the Lord about midnight I Who's that I? It's not Moses, it's not Satan, it's the Lord. I will go out in the midst of Egypt, right? And as a result of that, he says, and all the firstborn in the land of Egypt shall die. Why was God doing this? Because Egypt was holding on to his firstborn. So God says, "I will move, and all the firstborn in the land of Egypt shall die. Shall do what? Die. From the firstborn of Pharaoh, who sits on his throne, even to the firstborn of the female servant, who is behind the handmill, and all the firstborn of the animals. Firstborn yeah a young king. Shame. Poor firstborns." So one if you were in Egypt back then. Hi. Blessed are we the last bonds. Can I see the last bonds in the house? Hallelujah. Yes. If you are the first and the last, I don't know how to help you. <laughs> And then in verse 6, it says, Then there shall be a great cry throughout all the land of Egypt, such as was not like it before, nor shall be like it again. Verse number 7, But against none of the children of Israel, against none of the children of Israel shall a dog move its tongue against man or beast that you may know that the Lord does make a difference between the Egyptians and Israel that you may, so there will be death Out there in the streets, everyone will be dying. But God says, Israel will not be affected or touched. Why? So that they may know that the Lord does make a difference. He does make a difference between the Egyptians. That is God's stance. He does make a difference between the Egyptians and... And Israel, in the the same way that even in the book of Malachi that Pastor N read from, that later on in chapter 3 when you read, um, God does talk about how there is a difference for those who fear the Lord and those who do not. Amen. That's why the Bible says we must never compare ourselves with the world. You see, even if you are an unbeliever, I mean, even if you are a a believer, but you don't have what the person who is an unbeliever has, the Bible says, better is the little that the righteous man has. (laughs) We are better positioned. So you must never look at the people in the world and think that they are better than you because of what they have. And you don't have. That's why the Bible says, fret not thyself. When the wicked prosper. Let's end in Exodus 12 and verse number 3. Speak to all the congregation of Israel saying, On the 10th day of this month, every man, every man shall take for himself a lamb according to the house of his father. A lamb for a household. That is where we get our title from. A lamb for every household. Say one Lord. One faith, one faith and one baptism. one baptism. Father, we thank you for the reading of your word. We ask that you may speak to us this morning, and it is in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen and amen. <laughs> Egypt, uh, speak to us, Bazalane, first of all, about the bondage and the oppression of sin. I pray that God will help me to cover every ground that I want to cover in a short space of time. Egypt speaks to us, I said, first of all, about the bondage and the oppression of sin. We know that the Bible tells us that when God called Moses, to go and deliver the children of Israel from Egypt. One of the things that God mentioned was that he has heard their cry and he has seen their oppression. Why? Because even in chapter 1, the Bible tells us that after, after Joseph died and the king who knew him died as well, and the children of Israel were growing and multiplying. The Bible says the Egyptians decided that they are going to oppress them. They are going to put them in bondage so that they can serve in Egypt. They gave them more work to oppress them. They were in bondage, serving, working. The Bible says they were building. For Egypt, sweating each and every day, not serving their God. That's why even when God was taking them out, he said to Pharaoh, let my people go so that they may serve me. Because Pharaoh put them under severe labor, serving even when they did not want to. And the Bible says, That the more they were oppressed, the more they increased, the more they they multiplied. But they gave them difficult tasks. But just like how God called Moses to deliver the children of Israel from their bondage and oppression in Egypt, so did he send the Lord Jesus Christ to come and deliver us from the bondage of sin. Because sin as well is very oppressive. Because it causes you to do what you don't want to do. It works from within you to drive you to places where you don't want to go. That's why it is bondage. Many of us, when we lived in sin, we thought we were enjoying life, doing what we want. But we wake up later that even the life that we are living, we don't really love it. Because while we think we are enjoying it, it is busy destroying us. The Bible tells us that Jesus was that prophet like Moses. Who did the same work of delivering God's people from their bondage are we here Baselwan and secondly egypt speaks to us concerning the world because that's where sin is enjoyed it is out there in the world and the reason why i'm bringing both these aspects it is because many of us yes we are saved our sins are forgiven We were delivered by Jesus from the bondage of sin, but we still love the world. We were taken out of Egypt, but Egypt is still very much alive in us. There are some of the elements of Egypt that we still enjoy we are still worldly, very much worldly in our thinking and in our conduct. Because it's one thing for our sins to be forgiven, but it's totally another to come out of the world of sin. Are we here? Sometimes it's not about committing sin but it is about living in an environment of sin. Enjoying the world of sin. To a point of spending time with the wicked. Being comfortable in their world and we end up being affected by the environment and the atmosphere that we live in. Let's be honest, Bazolani. Many of us, we don't really love the Christian world. We love attending church services. hmm <laughs> But we feel like the world is more fun. And when I say the world, I mean the world out there. To a point that we refuse to adjust ourselves to really enjoy the kingdom of God, the household of God, the world that God has created for us as Christians, so that we can develop and grow in it. That's why we can put on hold, postpone, move, adjust the things that pertain to church, the kingdom of God, Christianity, um, for things that are out there. Uh, if there's anything that is happening at church or we see if it does not clash with what is happening out there. And and you look at the way that we think, we talk, we carry ourselves, you, you can tell that many of us are still very much worldly. And the way that we argue and debate, holding on to some of the sweet things of Egypt. So that when Even the going gets tough. We remember Egypt. Um, Are we here, Bezalem? Many of us, we enjoy it to a point of being influenced by it. We might be speaking in tongues, but we are still very much influenced by, by the world. Are we here? That's why the Bible tells us in Romans 12 that you and I are supposed to not to conform to the world. In the easy English translation, it puts it this way. It says, do not become like the people who belong to this world. Do not be like them. But unfortunately, when you spend time with the people of this world, if you spend time, I'm, I'm not saying it's wrong to interact with the world, as you are going to see in just a moment, but if you spend time, if you dwell in the company of, and that's where you spend your time, you, there's absolutely no way that you are not going to be influenced by them. Many of us, we've been insisting, saying that, but that's how we are going to influence the world or evangelize the world by spending time with the world. But unfortunately, they are evangelizing us instead of us. I mean, look at us. We've been having that friend for 20 years. They are not Christian. Instead, we are becoming more like them. They are winning our soul instead of us winning their soul. And you are saying to me, but sometimes I bring them to church, but you have not won their soul. Coming to church and winning a soul are two different things. Winning a soul is when you are influencing their way of thinking. That's why even ladies attempt evangelism through marriage. Um, they marry people who don't. And I don't know why don't you just simply join chain 316 and let's see your desire and your passion and your zeal for the lost and just leave marriage alone. 1 John 2 verse 15, do not love the world or the things in the world. Some of us, we are out of Egypt, but we love the things in Egypt. We love the things in the world. We, that's why we admire people in the world. We hold them in high esteem. And, and here's my problem with this scripture. It says, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. In other words, Jesus is simply saying, I cannot be in competition with the world and the things in the world. You can either hate the world and love me or you can love the world and hate me. My God, my God. That's why many of us, we admire more unbelievers because of their celebrity status. No matter, how, no matter how worldly they are and how wicked they are. I mean, I sometimes observe Christians when they come out of the closet. Um, <laughs> I'm not talking about the, that closet that you're thinking about at this moment. <laughs> I'm talking about people that we secretly admire. And then all of a sudden, oh, we, we, we have not been saying anything, but all of a sudden when something happens about them, you're like, wow. And we sing their songs and we follow them everywhere. They are preaching to us. We know their quotes, where they were performing, more than we know about the gospel and church and Bible and what your pastor said last week. Many of us, you can remember what so-and-so said last week. Or you can sing their whole song. I mean, when I was in the world not Born Again, I knew everything that is happening there. I could sing songs of, I mean, during those times where you can record, uh, not not this MP3 thing, uh, send me a song, whatever. I'm talking about where you had to play the song, sit and play and press record this side and wait until the song finishes. And in the process, you can't talk. If you talk, your voice is going to be on the recorded thing, uh, or if you are recording it from radio, you pray that the DJ will behave and not say anything in between because then it means I will wait for it some other time so that you know. So, so, top so, 20, uh, in between. Um, uh, um, uh, Stings and all of that. I was like, ah, I'm hachiman (laughs) Is And and, and I mean, we'll sing every song, all my life. I pray for someone like you. And I... That I, that I finally found you all my life I pray for someone like you And I know that you the same way too Yes, I pray that Although we come to the end of the road Can't let go It's all natural You belong to me I belong to you Girl To the You know know how I know that I'm naughty at church When my mom walks out I know that I know that I'm naughty Hallelujah and I mean, I had everything, you know, I, I, will, I will, you know, do whatever it takes to make sure that I raise money to get to go to places, buy whatever that I need to buy. Uh, it, was, it, it was the world I'm living in. Hallelujah. And we used to influence each other. In, in the world, there is its own doctrine. You, you get indoctrinated. You There are people who are ahead of you who are going to teach you how to live life, who are going to teach you ukshela, who are going to teach you ukuza, uh, who are going to teach you. There are many of us, we did not decide to drink or smoke. Somebody took that decision for us and they felt that it is okay for them to also introduce us to that, and we became co-labourers in their decision that we did not decide on our own. But but the Bible tells us, Basalone, in verse number 16, 1st John 2, where we were reading, continuing, in verse 16, for all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father but is of the world. So those are the three major things in the world that are dominating. Amen? What is it? The lust of the flesh. Everything that is happening in the world, it is there to provoke your flesh, to be in control. You you live your life driven by how you feel, what your flesh wants. What your body feels like doing, you are being trained into, you know, even if when you want to sleep, your flesh tells you, "Hey, so we must go there. Amen. Also, the Bible says the last of the eyes. The last of the eyes, Satan uses whatever that he shows us. He, he advertises so many different things so that we can fall in love with the world. Are we here? And it says the pride of life. I mean, you know we, I'm sure you will you will know that the world we come from uh, is is highly competitive. It's all about competition. who has what? Uh, who wears what? who drives what? who stays where and And if you don't have any of those things automatically you know, you can't associate with, this, with a certain group of people. Pride is the dominating factor. Even today, pride. Pride. There's even a month of pride. <laughs> and the Bible says in verse 17, And the world is passing away, and the last of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. Let me tell you, your chances of growing spiritually um, when you still love the world are from zero to none. Because the Bible says, Jesus talks about when he uh, explains how the gospel or the seed of the gospel works in us he draws for us a few scenarios tells us uh, about a seed that falls by the wayside uh, 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 amongst the stones and whatever but the, he also talks about the seed that falls amongst the thorns and he compares it he compares the thorns to the cares of this world he says they choke the weight so in other words if you still love the world, what happens? It does not matter how many messages you hear. It does not matter how many times you come to church. Because there's still cares of the world. The, Jesus says they come and they choke the word. They make the word of God not to work. Israel Zamu Kula you know, the 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 the, the thorns, uh, of which they are like tears or cooler. They don't just, you know, look bad or they don't look nice. But you know the main assignment of ukula, ukula lunes treff ngendayi one. Alawasi tatela its own nutrients. from So, 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 so the word of God gets choked. It's like the assignment is not even you. The assignment is to work against the word. And when that happens, automatically, I wither spiritually. I die spiritually. Are we here? Amen. So that's why, therefore, it says that the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches, because in most cases, even when we are blessed financially, That's why the Bible tells us to be more careful because (laughs) you know riches makes you to afford the lifestyle in the world. That's why I always say that don't rush to say you you are totally free from the world until you can afford the world and its sin. It's one thing to say, Mina, I saw no. Let's wait until you can afford to have an extra girlfriend. Probably many of us, our humility is directly connected to our poverty. That's the only way why we look so humble, and we, we look like we are a man of one wife. Um, you don't go out that much to you know. It's because, but let's wait until you can afford. Because riches, as much as they are good, but they have the potential to deceive you if you are naive. Because money speaks. Money has power. Money makes you feel... In my language, you're yeah, not going to be down. You're not going to be to Instantly, you're not going to be to uh again you, you see if you are if you are staying with somebody and 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 and, and you, you you were complaining together that hey things are tight and, and, and you look miserable there's no food you they don't have to tell you that somebody has just wired something you will just notice that something has adjusted Aye, man Money has, but, but unfortunately, its power is not only, you know, let me put it this way, you, you, of course, you can't buy joy, right? It's from the Lord. But, but there's a direct connection between money and happiness. Amen. Rejoice in the Lord. But, but but you are happy with money yeah? you see once money hits your it's like your you, your world changes yeah, yeah, yeah. money has the has the ability to give boldness yeah. to a a man who does not normally talk to women <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you, you look at Instagram. You ask yourself, how did this gentleman have the boldness of just reaching out? To it? it it's only money that can, it's only money that can give you that kind of confidence. Only money that can give you that kind of confidence to see a chance an opp- an opportunity that there might be something that can be considered in this situation and circumstance. Uh, there's a guy on Instagram who is always, you know, um, um, doing pranks with what he refers to as gold diggers. Um, and, and he will just pretend to have nothing and try to talk to a lady. And the lady will not entertain him. Uh, and then as soon as he jumps into his Lamborghini, he does not even have to say anything. The woman will make a turn. Check yourself or are you married to that man or are you married to their pocket situation? May God help us. Jesus said we are in the world, but we are not of the world. Even when you are living with people in the world, yes, yes, uh, and and we can say to ourselves as Christians, but yes, we are, but we are not of the world. You know, Mina, it's easy to tell somebody who is being discipled in the world. Oh. Even when we are trying to say something spiritual, they, they are trying to impose their worldly doctrine. They you are know, like, oh, wow. You, there's no opportunity for faith. There's no opportunity for believing God. There's no opportunity for the miracle. Everything, it must be practical and it must make sense. And it, it's according to the standards and the systems of the world that they live in. They come to church, speak in tongues. They read one or two verses. They attend church services, but they are worldly in their thinking. And when you try, and they say you are too spiritual. Oh, wow. I don't know how can you be too spiritual, too spiritual. Like, if, if, if you say to me, I'm too spiritual, you are shocking me because I'm, I'm, I'm a spirit. It's like when you, are, when you say to a dog, you are too much of a dog. It's like, how do you become too much of a dog? Like, like I must grow in my darkness and become more of a dog and and bark more, and bite more, and if that's what dogs do. So, so you need to commend me when I become more spiritual because I am first of all a spirit. So the more I become spiritual, the more I am connecting with who I am, and the, the closer I am getting to God. But the world makes us more and more carnal, even in our thinking we become natural. And the Bible says, even when God wants to give us something or do something, we cannot receive it because it becomes foolishness. It's like God cannot reason with us. He cannot talk to us because he's speaking at a different frequency. Wear your makeup, my sister, but do not lose your spirituality. My brother, drive that car. Drive it. There's nothing wrong with it. Look cool. But don't be worldly. <clears throat> because already we lived in the world. We are from there. We know that when we finally ring the sound, what was it for? Let's not pretend. You, you knew that it was not just simply just for your own satisfaction. No, you wanted to be recognized in certain places. So, so when you are now a believer, I am wondering if your motive has changed. That when you want to buy whatever, you want to look good, what is it for? What is it for? Oh my goodness. I have to close. But here's the deal. The reason why God does not want us to conform to the world, to love the world, And lastly, he tells us in 2 Corinthians 6, verse 17, come out from among them and be separate. We have got to, as we pursue God, learn how to be in the world, but be able to be separate from the world. To come out from their way of doing things and their way of thinking and their conduct and everything. We need to be able... You see, for me, it does not make sense that you can enjoy Christianity or being a Christian, but you spend most of your time with sinners than Christians. And none of them are becoming Christians for that matter. If I can't win to bring you to church in a month of spending time with you, The best thing I can do is to pray for you. But I can't spend time with you. I'll call you. We can see each other five, ten minutes. Okay, that's cool. But I can't spend time with you. (laughs) Because a language I find... The the Bible says God differentiates between his children and Egyptians. Language I find, a way of thinking, is not from the same world. Christianity, Barcelona, is not there to be an added extra in our lives going to say it one more time, slowly this time. Christianity is not there to be an added extra. Christianity is there to take over your life. It's when Christ takes your life and makes it his. But many of us, we are using it as an added extra. We can see where we can accommodate it. That's why we are not growing spiritually. We are not flourishing spiritually. We, we, the way that we believe is dekateking. Do you, do you mind just displaying Psalm chapter one? I'm hubo one. Just display Psalm chapter one. Let's just finish it once and for all. So that you don't say, I'm um, some way. Leave my suit alone. Let's just read the word. He says, Come out from among them. Look, let's learn how to live a life. Of separation, land, and to be separated does not mean disconnecting from people, hating. You know, you can be separate, you know, without disconnecting. I still love you. I still, you know, talk to you. um, If but it must. So it says, and and it should bother us that the Bible. The first line, it says, blessed. Blessed is the man or woman who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. How many of us every day, our counsel is from the ungodly? Counsel is not advice. We'll talk about that some other time. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the paths of sinners. Right? Nor sits in the seat of the scornful. Blessed is that man. Who knows how to to say, I must know the place of people who don't believe in God the same way as I do. I must not take them as the alpha and the omega of my life and everything. I must know where to draw the line. If they are ungodly, I know that they don't qualify to give me counsel. In other words, when I have marital problems, I can't talk to somebody who is ungodly. What are they, when it comes to moral issues, what are they going to tell me if they, they themselves are ungodly? Because my moral standards are not of the world, but they are determined by God. Here's, here's, here's something that I always ask people. Look, if you say um, it's, it's, not, it's, 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 it's wrong to have two wives... Why? Why is it wrong? Who, who, your, your, your moral standards, where do you draw them from? What's your point of reference? No, it's just not right. You know, when you... No. For me, it's wrong because God says Let's, let's bring it home. When we say people who kill must be jailed, who says it's wrong to kill? Why is it, why is it not wrong to kill a cow yeah. and it's wrong to kill another human being? It, it, it's, it's a moral standard that was not set by men. It was set by God. Yeah. So the ungodly have no obligation towards right and wrong. Because it is God who says, my moral standards, they come from God. So if I talk to an ungodly person, our, our point of reference is different. You, you can justify yourself in other actions, you see. Let me, let me make another um, example. There are other people who feel justified that if my husband or wife cheats on me, I'm also justified when I do the same. Not for me. Because when God visits, he's not going to ask me, what did your wife do to you? He's going to ask me, what did I say to you? So in the wild, they will say, Aha, you see? And according to them, it's its counsel its good advice to say ngabi sna ungabi barri ungazobha ziswa imedi nawe mbha zis pa zis one and one time the bible says no stands in their path awtolakala endlele no sits in the seat of the scornful in other words you are not even going to sit and spend your every day, every day, every day when our Shingaloku Because in that world the Bible says Satan is the God of that world, he's in charge, he's in control, he influences things. And, and, and they operate in a particular way in that world because Pharaoh in this case, Pharaoh in Egypt in this case, speaks to us about Satan, who is the god of this world according to the Bible in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse number 4. Are we here, bazalon But take note that at this time, God sends out a message through Moses. And he says, look, I'm about to do something. Things are about to get down in Egypt. I am about to visit Egypt in a manner that will hurt them the most. And, and I know that uh, as, as we are doing this, there is, there is Israel in the midst of Egypt. And this judgment that is coming is coming upon Egypt. But Egypt, I mean, Israel is in Egypt. But God in his love for his people, in his care for his people, he does not want them to suffer collateral damage. And he raises up Moses and he says, Moses, tell them, I'm about to come and bring judgment. There's going to be death. But tell my people to go indoors. Tell my people to get away from the streets. Tell my people to get away from the paths of sinners. The seats of the scornful. Tell them there is there is a place that they need to go and hide because I am about to do something. He raises him up. The Bible tells us as a prophet in that time to release a prophetic word. The Bible tells us that in the book of Hosea that by a prophet, God delivered Israel. And I do believe that even in this season, Barcelona, we need to understand that what we are preaching and teaching these days, we must not just take it as sermons for notes on our journals. But we need to hear it as a prophetic word that God is giving us a warning that you know what, even as the, some are departing from the faith and things are looking normal, but there is a judgment that is about to come. There is a death that people are going to suffer on the streets and he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying. That some of us who are having fun in the world thinking that it is normal to be a Christian and still enjoy the world, it is normal to attend church services and have fun in church on sunday and still have fun in the world and, and love the world and everything that is in the world we need to be aware and be alert that there is a warning to so some of us who are worldly who are dipping from two places and we're having fun. This we know how to be Christian and rancho shakalabaya, and we know how to come this side and see sake like never before. God is saying, He who has an ear, let him hear what the spirit is saying to the people. Isaiah 60, verse 1 says, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth and deep darkness the people, but the Lord will arise over you and His glory will be seen upon you, He says. It is up to us whether we are going to believe the word of the Lord And we, or we are just going to say it is another service. Oh, what a great sermon. Oh, today, your the word was, and because the way is a single corner, we even know to take the punches and not change. And not repent. Because we are making it about today, this and that. We are not taking it as the word of the Lord. As God speaking to us and challenging us. So that we can go back home and take the word. And hear God speaking to us. So that we can repent where we need to repent. And begin to do what God wants us to do. We need to understand, Basilani, that in this season... Uh, in the same way that God told Moses to tell the children of Israel they must get indoors and they must get for themselves a lamb. We need to understand the Bible tells us that the lamb is is Jesus Christ himself. John said, behold the lamb of God that takes away the sin of this world. This is the Passover lamb that Paul the Apostle spoke about. And God gave a prophetic instruction to Moses. Why? Because Because Israel was going to be spared from the death that was taking place in the streets by simply going back indoors. To say we've been rooming around the streets is enjoying having fun and some of us, we, we, we went back to our sins and some of us we just enjoyed and had fun in the world and that there is not much of a difference for as long as I can still go to church on Sunday and just have some little bit of a spiritual uh, kind of a moment on Sunday and still enjoy my world and still enjoy myself. I will come back next week. I will go back and serve. I will go back Back. They, they don't have to know what is happening behind these scenes. They don't have to know what I'm busy with all throughout the week. I can go out and come back and intermingle with the holy things and still go back to the world and, and still go and do my own thing. And, and we thought that God is now blind. That God is has now changed. That God is no longer now focusing on how we live and what we do and how we handle ourselves. And, and little did we know that actually God, the Bible tells us that He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is still the same God who hates sin and wickedness. He is still the same God who is a holy God and who says walk before me and be holy. And we had better hear the word of the Lord speaking to us in this season that this is the hour for us to return back indoors and to get back to that place where God has planted us. And He did not just say we must visit but He said we need to be planted we need to be rooted, we need to be grounded. Whether we are of the world or are we of the kingdom of God, because now there's a mixture and a confusion that we can look good on Sunday. But on Monday at work, uh, we are still talking about the same scene that we were participating in with our colleagues. The ones who were not born again and they spend their weekend with their boyfriend. The same believer who are speaking in tongues on Sunday is also talking about the same thing. Telling their colleagues that they claim that they want to invite them to church. But they are still discussing at the same level. We need to get back to a time where whatever conversation that they are trying to have with us it is going to be foreign to us we are going to be I don't know I was in the house I don't know where were you what were what you were doing I was in the house I don't know what bash did you visit I don't know what party did you go to I was in the house I was in the house I was busy with the lamb I was locked inside the house and when they come back and they talk about the tragedies that were happening in the weekend who shot what and who stabbed who and who cheated on who and you just simply say I don't know I was in the house I don't know I was in the house I was, I was busy with the lamb I was beholding the lamb I was beholding the lamb I don't know I don't know who did what I don't know who said what I don't even have to know for that matter because the prophetic word said let, it, let each man take for himself a lamb and get inside the house because it's about to go down. I'm saying it's about to go down. If we think we've seen it all, different people passing on and dying, falling down like flies, it's about to go down. And we don't want to be collateral damage as believers because when this thing hits, it will not matter who is where and what are they doing because when it hits, God would have warned us. God would have warned us. And as a believer, there are certain places we have no business going to you cannot want to be everywhere you you also want to be everywhere know about everything participate just so that you can have something to say, something to do let me even talk to the teenagers who are listening to me in this room you don't have to go where they are going you don't have to be where they are you don't have to talk about what they are talking about, sometimes you just have to say I was just a church I I, I was just a church I, I know so and so is coming to the Counter to sing. I don't have to go. I don't have to be part of that. I am not missing anything. Because I am in the house. Oh, there is a lot that you are going to be preserved from, protected from, just by being in the house. Just by being in the house. Because when we are in the house, there is a lamb in the house. Because while many are departing from the faith out there, You and I are partaking of His divine nature. You and I are slowly being changed and transformed. You and I are ceasing to become carnal. That's why maybe our fellow Christians that we thought they are, our fellow brothers and sisters, they say we are too serious. It is because I cannot help it. The lamb is affecting my speech. The lamb is affecting my thinking. The lamb is affecting my desire. Somehow, I am losing appetite for any other type of gossip. I am losing appetite for any other environment. I am losing appetite for parties. I'm losing appetite because... Because the lamb is becoming too much it is less of me and more of him it is less of my flesh and more of his nature it is less of my attitude as more and more of his attitude. because I can't help it if I'm spending time in the house and I am eating the lamb I'm going to be changed by the lamb uh, I'm going to be changed by the lamb and- and, and maybe last year you were used to me Galavanting and going everywhere But you are, you are about to see a different kind of me You are about to experience something different about me Because the lamb has been changing my mindset Before I used to think it is cool to be everywhere And be doing everything But this time around It seems as if my taste buds are changing I used to drink this glass and enjoy it before But this time around it is tasting different As a matter of fact it is this. Disgusting before I used to have fun flirting with boys and girls on my phone, but this time around, it is disgusting, it is distasteful. As a matter of fact, I hate it. Why the lamb is affecting me? I am beginning to hate what the lamb is hating. I am beginning to love what the law lo- what the lamb loves. If the lamb says zeal for your house has consumed me, I can't help it, but want to be a church on Monday, want to be a church on Tuesday. Tuesday, want to be a church on Wednesday? Want to be a church on Thursday? Want to be in church on Friday? I cannot help it, but want to be in the presence of the Lord. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in your house better is one day in your house and a thousand elsewhere i just want to be where you are oh god dwelling daily 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 in your presence i want to behold your beauty i want to worship you in the beauty of your holiness oh god i want to be in your word i want to hear your word i want to read your word i don't want to go out there anymore why because the lamb changing. We need to bring the lamb back to our homes. The menu has to change even in our homes. There must be the lamb in our homes. Ah, We need to bring back the lamb even in our churches because in most cases, sometimes maybe the reason why we are becoming more and more carnal, it is because there's no longer the lamb in the house. There's no longer, maybe there's motivation, maybe there's encouragement, but there's no longer the lamp in the house. There's no longer the lamp in the house. But I'm here to speak to somebody who has an ear so that they may hear. Let's stand on our feet. Says Moses tell them, each man, take a lamp, get inside. And it's as if it's, Big for you says share with another but he says eat the lamb why the more I eat the lamb the Bible says we are partaking of his divine nature and when we are partaking of his divine nature we cannot remain the same we are changing let me tell you this when God spoke a curse over Adam and Eve and the serpent he says as from today your food shall be the dust. And when the presence of God lifted from Adam, he remained dust, a canal man. Food for the serpent. Food for the serpent. Food for the serpent. That's why the Bible says that Satan... He's going around seeking for those he can devour because the more of the lamb I have, he can't devour me. He can't feed from me. He cannot have room to grow and to operate, to find himself in. But the more carnal I am, the more he can feed from me, the more he can grow. And the serpent that was a serpent in the book of Genesis was a dragon in Revelations. So sometimes, it looks like nothing is going to happen. We're still having fun. Little boyfriend here, little girlfriend there. Little fornication here, little fornication there. Little adultery here, little adultery there. Little bit of this there, the serpent is growing. (laughs) And when he becomes that dragon, you will say, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus you will say, Jesus I know, Paul I know, but well, who are you? Because you look nothing like Christ you look nothing like the lamb let's get inside let's get inside don't just be a church member be planted in the house don't just be planted in the house, eat the lamb. Get in and ask what's for dinner. If it's not the lamb, I'm on my way out. If your fellow believers visit you and they want to talk, ask them what's on the menu. If it's not the lamb, I don't have any ti- I don't have time for things that will enhance worldliness. Let me tell you, some of us we were deep in the world. We don't want anything. We don't want anything that will invoke those things that are dead and buried and we did not want to Listen, Some of us we are too careless because their assignment was just to just to bring back the old things that you have left the wealth that you have left and you came and you said you now want to live for God and you allowed people with the wrong menu with the wrong diet listen, some of us hey, we were deep into that thing, eh? We, that's why I say there are some of the things that I hate with every and I don't even care whether they are seen or not because I know that if I give them a chance and they will bring back a certain nature out of me, it will not be nice. That's why little by I would see that I uh, peg some of us we are we are still debating sin when are we going to get the level to a level where i I don't have biblical evidence i don't at this point i don't even that's why i will never enter into an argument of whether or not it is right to to drink or not for me for me it's not right I I don't, because I'm from there. I'm from, don't come with your, me now, I'm from there. I know the potential that it has. So if you feel like when you are safe, I'm happy for you. Me, I've lived in that world. If you still go, and if you want to go and visit and see for yourself, all the best. is it right to to uh, no to watch pornography hey. Hey. hey, hey hey I have made a covenant with my eye there are certain things that it can watch and there are certain things that it cannot watch because many of us here we as us before you were given an opportunity to come to the altar And ask God to deal with things that you could not deal with. And when God gave us an opportunity to escape, what did he say? That's why even Jesus Christ himself, when he said to that woman who was caught in adultery, said, I don't condemn you. But he said, go and sin no more. To another man that he healed, he said, do not go go back to your sins, lest something worse than what has happened to you, comes back on your life. And this is the time, Barcelona, where we need to go back to the house. I know that after lockdown and, and after we've been saying, let's go back to churches, let's go. Many of us are back in attendance. but we are not back to being planted in the house, nourished in the house, fed in the house, abiding in His presence. Fine, we are taking the register. We are there every Sunday. Are you eating the lamb? What is feeding you? Because what you, what is feeding you is determining what can feed itself from you I need to ask myself am i becoming more and more canal through my relationships my circles people i spend am i becoming more and more canal or am i getting closer and closer after i've spent time do i feel closer to jesus or do i feel far away from him let's lift up our hands father we thank you We've heard your word this morning. Just spend a minute or so. Just pray for your heart. Pray for yourself. Just ask God this morning in the name of Jesus. Preserve us in the name of Jesus. May zeal for your house consume us. Thank you once again for listening to the message today. We trust that you were blessed by it. Please do subscribe to our podcast to receive new messages every week. Thank you very much and keep on building.